Hope, and uh, I serve often as on the outreach team, but I'm also married to Pastor Doug Glenn. For those of you that it's not obvious, maybe that's a little obvious. <laughs> um, but we are in a sermon series called Following Jesus Together. And as Doug said earlier, our main three things at Hope are to love God, to love others, and to follow Jesus together. But it seems pretty basic, right? But it begs the question, how? How do we follow Jesus together? And so today our message is giving God the keys to your front door. And today we're going to take a look at the book of Luke, chapter 14. We're going to start with 14, verse 12 through 14, and then we're going to bring it back in a little later. Um, So let me start there. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. And although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. That's just a taste of where we're going today. Aren't you excited? Uh, Yeah! (laughs) We'll get beyond that verse a bit, but let's open in prayer. Lord, Father God, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We're so grateful for your presence, and I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to speak to the people here today, uh, family, friends, newcomers. Um, I pray that whatever I say today would be of you, and anything that is not, just let it fall away. And I pray that the soil of the hearts where your seeds might fall, that those, those hearts be soft and ears be open today. God, we give you the keys to our hearts. Make us an instrument of your change. In your world, beginning with us, beginning in our homes, and our neighborhoods, and out into the world. Now, I really hope you got a chance to hear Anna's message last week, because she did a fabulous job setting us up today as adopted children of God. We belong to him. And if you didn't get a chance to listen, I encourage you to do so. Because as deeply loved children of God, we belong to him. And therefore, because we belong to him, we follow Jesus together and invite others to belong also. We get to create the space for people to belong. So let me share a little background about the prayer I'm about to say to you today. It was a risky prayer, and it leads a little into the story of how Anna arrived in our home when we said yes to God and invited her to stay. It was May of this year, and COVID numbers were on the decline, while people's vaccination rates were on the incline. It was early one morning in my quiet time with God I was using the Lectio 365 app when I stumbled on this prayer. Father, I give you the keys to my front door. My house is your home. Bring whoever you want, 
whenever you want into my private space this week. Jesus, I relinquish my schedule to you. My hands are in your hands. Help me welcome interruptions this week as gifts from you. Spirit, I surrender my possession to you. All my stuff belongs to you. Help me this week to share with the Lord's people who are in need. Wow, that's kind of a risky prayer, huh? (laughs) Well, what follows is probably no surprise. It couldn't have been more than a week or two we get a call from Joe Gregory, lovingly referred to as Dr. Joe. His daughter was ready to venture away from the family nest in Butte, Montana, and fly the coop moving to Phoenix for a season. Anna had planned to move in with another family friend. When we heard of her coming, I knew that I knew that I knew we needed to extend an invitation into our home. I just knew because of this prayer, right? I had offered God the keys to our front door. And so I had the courage. We had the courage. Um, Doug already had the courage uh, to welcome her into our home to stay with us. Now, for those of you who did hear the message last week, um, it's not like God had called us to Russia to go adopt her. That, that's, you know, that's a big call. But I'm really grateful that her parents did. She's a treasure and, um, and a gift. Doug and I know how to adopt, right? You wait till they're full grown. Yeah, Anna turned 20 yesterday, so make sure you wish her a happy birthday. Like I said, it wasn't that big of a risk, but by giving God the keys to my front door, it meant I had to step outside of my comfort zone. You guys ready to step outside your comfort zones today? After after a year of social distancing, I don't know about you, but I've felt a little awkward getting back together. I've had times where I'm in groups and I'm like going, who is embodying my person? I just felt weird. It's like I lost all my social skills. It is getting easier, however. But in the beginning, it just felt uncomfortable. I had grown very comfortable in my own space, my own schedule, and not having much face-to-face. With Doug, I had lots of face-to-face, but others outside my home, no. So can anyone relate to that, or is it just me? Yeah, right? We're having to relearn our social skills. Um, And we can get that way as people, can't we? Stuck in our ruts. We get a little too comfortable. And, uh, you know, while some of us uh, crave being with people outside of our homes, others did not. Some are more introverted than others, and that's okay. We're all different. And for me, it just depends on the day. So, but I noticed the more people that were getting vaccinated, the more people wanted to get together. And I felt a little anxious at first. I had to rebuild my capacity to be with others. The increased activity felt like it was coming on really quickly. And I just wasn't ready for it. I felt like I had taken a long winter's nap. And honestly, I think I'd fallen asleep to some things. I'd grown comfortable in my hibernation. Anyone else? Just me? Okay, good. I'm not alone here. Good. 
It was when I prayed that prayer and gave God the keys to our front door that I began to wake up to his invitation. He was welcoming me to come out and to live in a spirit of hospitality, to create friendly environments of welcome where people felt they belong. Even from my place of awkwardness, don't wait till you feel all comfortable and fixed inside yourself or it'll never happen. But God was calling us to welcome others. David Benner in his book, Sacred Companions, says, God is the supreme example of this sort of soul hospitality. He was our host in creation, shaping a uniquely inviting and accommodating place for us in a garden of his creation, and then joining us to ensure that we knew we belonged. The Garden of Eden is a wonderful metaphor for divine hospitality. It provides a graphic illustration of the possibilities of intimacy that exist in meeting others in sacred spaces. Now you're really shivering in your boots, right? <laughs> intimacy, ooh. Um, when Doug and I first came to Hope about four years ago, I'm just gonna give you a little of my backstory. Um, it was my first time being a pastor's wife. I'd never, I mean, I've had people ask me, like, did you always know you are going to be a pastor's wife? Uh, no. It was 34 years before I met Jesus, and let me tell you, I had done a lot of damage before that point. Um, but I remember feeling very out of place. At first, it felt like I was living in a fishbowl. And I didn't think I really fit in. I mean, it wasn't the people here, for sure, because you guys are all so friendly, and there's a real foundation of grace and love here. Um, so it wasn't anybody else, but there was something inside me that felt like I didn't belong. Doug would say, just be yourself. But for me, that was really hard to do. I had painful memories in my past. Memories that said, you're not good enough to belong. You don't fit in. Scary memories. I think we all have parts of ourselves that are cracked and feel a little broken. Um, it was the second half of my school year in junior high, and I had just been cast out of the group. Yeah, cast out of the group by my seventh grade bully. She tormented me for three months, calling me names in the hallway. And she kept me in isolation from my friends. All the girls were afraid of Debbie. And I was abandoned by my closest friends. I was really alone, like literally alone, by myself, every day at school, terrified. And fortunately, I had a safe place to come home to. My parents were awesome and loved me greatly. Um, but I really didn't feel I had a place to belong. Now, jump forward to today. After 40 years, a lot has changed. A lot of therapy. <laughs> and my braces are off. So after four, and after four years of here at Hope, I really do feel like I have a place where I belong, and I thank you for that. This actually has been my favorite church that I've ever been a part of in my 20 years as a Christian. I think I just gave away my age. <laughs> Don't do the math. 
Um, but there is really a foundation of kindness and grace here. And if you're new here at Hope, it's my deepest desire that you find a place here to call home and know that you belong. Now, as we come out of our COVID caves, maybe some of that old, awkward childness is why we feel that way. And it's presenting itself again. As we come out of hibernation, let's be sure to be gentle with ourselves and with each other. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been talking a lot about small groups here at Hope lately. And maybe some still feel a little too awkward to be with others. And maybe it feels strange to be with people you barely know. Maybe it doesn't feel true that you belong to God and you belong to others. Maybe it just doesn't feel true yet. But let me say, it's so normal to want to fit in. Everyone on this planet wants to belong. Everyone. And sometimes we hide ourselves. We don't want to feel embarrassed or get hurt, right? We don't want those old wounds to come out. We don't want to be cast out of the group. Maybe like we did in junior high. Uh, we just want to stay hidden. Others, but, you know, to stay hidden, we don't really give others a chance to get to know us, who we truly are. But it does risk. It does take a risk with the pain of rejection. So we try to fit in. Now, Brene Brown says it like this. Belonging is being accepted for you. Fitting in is being accepted for every, being like everyone else. We don't need another everyone else. We need who God made you to be. We need you. So for anyone feeling like they don't fit in today, hang in there. You're not alone. And you do belong. I promise it won't take long before you feel that way. You won't always feel that way. Sometimes it just takes a little more time for the truth to take root and catch up to us. And remember, you belong to God. And we have created space for you here where you can belong to. Now, as a matter of fact, Scripture has something to say about this. So today we're going to look at a passage in the Bible found in the book of Luke, beginning in chapter 14, verse 12. And if you don't have a Bible, on your way out today, I would invite you to grab one from the back table back there. It's a free gift to you. We want you to have it. Now... As you listen to the story told, I'm going to invite you to see yourself in the story. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or your sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. I know we heard that before earlier, um, but it really drives home the point. But apparently not to the guests at the banquet, or at least the, the home that they were in. It was a Pharisee's home. Someone rises up and said, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. Well, maybe they didn't catch Jesus' meaning the first time around. So he goes on and tells this parable. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. 
At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Party poopers. They first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yokes of oxen and I'm on the way to to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the cripple, the the lame, and the blind. There's that phrase again. Um, It sounds like the master of the house had welcomed those whom he knew first, and they declined. What happened? What happened? How did they miss the invitation and the importance of it? In this parable, Jesus calls his followers to a higher standard of hospitality. He wants us to welcome those who are different. He's showing us through this story to not only invite friends and family, though there's nothing wrong with that, right? We need our friends and family. But it's a good beginning. It's just not where biblical hospitality ends. Thank you. You're all still with me. Nobody's running for the door. That's a good sign. But we're also to invite basically those who are different from us, those who've been cast out and people who have been marginalized by society. N.T. Wright says it this way. The party to which the original guests were invited was Jesus' kingdom movement, his remarkable welcome to all and sundry, people of various kinds. If people wanted to be included in Jesus' movement, this is the sort of thing they were joining. As the saying goes from the Chosen series, get used to different. Following Jesus can put us in some uncomfortable situations, situations we're not used to, Situations that cause us discomfort. Like the situation I'm in right now. Do you think it's easy to stand up here and give this message? No, it's a little awkward, but I appreciate your grace. Thank you. Um, But Jesus was often posing uncomfortable questions and telling parables. This way his listeners could face their own prejudices. Be it against the Gentiles. That's most of us at this point the Samaritans, or people with leprosy, people who were outcasts from society. He was often speaking to those who already belonged, and in that time it was the Jewish culture, right? Um, And he did that so that they would make space for others. So let's take a moment and step over back to the prayer that I prayed. A lot has happened. I prayed that in May, right? So the first thing that happened is Anna came to stay with us in July. Um, and then in, I think it was August or late August or September, I think it's September, um, we got invited to a meeting um, held by Matthew's house, Matthew House. And it was a meeting held to learn more about Afghan evacuees. And we heard the story of a man whose brother and sister-in-law stood two days outside of the airport in Kabul. They didn't have much food or water. Two days they stood outside just to get inside the airport. 
And then once they were in the airport, it was another five days before they could leave by plane. Now, his, their parents were with them, but they were too weak with the little food that they had and water. So they went back home, and they're still in Kabul today. Um, so it's just kind of heavy, right? Sorry for that. It's not a political statement. I don't want anyone to stop listening based on that. But it is a kingdom statement. As God's people, we're called to be a warm welcome to those around us. On Thursday that same week, Stacy Heimkes and I had an opportunity to be a friendly face and a warm welcome to Afghans who fled their country after serving our troops. Now, giving God the keys to our front door in this case didn't mean that we'd literally have people from another country living with us. It just meant that we were given the opportunity to a warm welcome and serving a meal to these Afghan families living in temporary housing as they await the next leg of their journey. Now, for some, that may be outside your comfort zone, and I get it, really I do. But for some, getting outside of our comfort zone just means we talk to the next person we see, the next person God sends our way. Getting outside our comfort zone could mean we create a sense of belonging in our homes. Maybe it's with our family. Maybe it's with our neighbor. And maybe God's speaking to you right now, and he's inviting you to give him the keys to your front door. And maybe that's a medical, me, medical, a medical front door, metaphorical front door, the keys to your heart. Maybe you're waiting for an invitation to follow Jesus and become a part of God's family. Wherever you're at, we welcome you. Maybe you're someone who's spending most of your time at home. And maybe you're afraid to come out. And you've been separated from others so long that it feels normal. And maybe God's inviting you to come out, outside of your comfort zone, and be with others. Because we belong to God, we create the space for others to belong to. And maybe that space has just been created for you today. Maybe you're the one God's welcoming you in. If that's not you, God might be asking you to invite a church friend over for dinner. Maybe that feels risky. And maybe it's time to invite that neighborhood friend for coffee that you've been seeing walking in the park. That or maybe not. <laughs> All right. Maybe God's inviting you to give him the keys to your front door and take the next step in compassion towards someone living in difficult circumstances. Knowing that we belong, it means different things for different people. But knowing that we belong, it might mean that we give the gift of warm welcome to someone who's homeless, or maybe even someone who is a refugee. If you're interested at all in serving immigrants and refugees, please come see me after service. And again, I know that word has been very uh, politicized, and I don't mean it to be a political statement. I simply mean that if God has brought people into our midst from other nations, let's be a welcoming place. Now, there's a modern version of the story I shared today. 
It's a beautiful story of a woman who refers to a warm welcome, who offers a warm welcome to people who are marginalized. Philip Yancey writes this modern version of a story he found in the Boston Globe in June of 1990 about a most unusual wedding banquet. And this is a real story. So accompanied by her fiance, Yancey writes, a woman went to the Hyatt Hotel in downtown Boston and ordered the food for their upcoming wedding banquet. The two of them poured over the menu, making selections of china and sil silver, pointing to the flower arrangements they wanted. They both had expensive taste. The bill came to $13,000. Now, this was 1990, so that might, you know, just do, do some comparison there. After leaving a check for half the amount as a down payment, the couple went home. The day the announcements were supposed to go out, the groom got cold feet. He said, I'm just not sure. It's a big commitment. Let's think about this a little longer. And then he backed out. His fiancée was no doubt not pleased. She was not pleased. <laughs> and when this angry fiancée returned to the Hyatt to cancel the banquet, the events manager at the Hyatt couldn't have been more understanding. The same thing happened to me, she said, and told the story of her own broken engagement. But about the refund, she said, I only have bad news. The contract is binding. You're only entitled to $1,300 back. It was a $13,000 deal. You have two options, she went on, to forfeit the rest of your down payment or to go ahead with the banquet. I'm sorry, I really am. It seemed crazy, but the more the jilted bride thought about it, the more she liked the idea of going ahead with the party. Not a wedding banquet, mind you, but a big blowout. And she had reason to celebrate. Ten years prior, she had been homeless. She had got back on her feet, found a job, and set aside a sizable nest egg. Now she had this wild notion of using her savings to treat the down and outs of Boston to a night on the town. And so it was in June of 1990, the Hyatt Hotel in downtown Boston hosted a party such as never had been seen before. The hostess changed the menu to boneless chicken in honor of the groom. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and she sent the invitations to the rescue missions and homeless shelters. That warm summer night, people who were used to peeling half-gnawed pizza off the cardboard dined instead on chicken cordon bleu. Hyatt waiters in tuxedo served hors d'oeuvres. They served them to senior citizens, propped up by crutches and aluminum walkers, bag ladies, vagrants and addicts took one night off from the hard life on the sidewalks, outside, and instead ate chocolate wedding cake and danced to big band melodies all night long. Now, the way Jesus' story ends are these words. Go out into the streets and the alleys. Collect all alike. Collect all who look like they need a square meal. All the misfits and homeless and wretched you can lay your hands on and bring them here. 
go out to the roads in the country lanes and compel them to come in. I want my house to be full. And his house is a very big house. And it isn't filled yet. But it's going to be one day. At God's table, all are welcome. And Jesus extends his invitation to everyone. Hope, I think God might be inviting us into something big, to come out of our sleep, to go deeper. Do we trust him with the keys? The keys to our hearts and our homes? Can we trust him with the keys to our kingdoms? Now, short break here. Please don't hear me say, go out and get really busy. I don't, you know, after COVID, I, I really realized, like, sometimes we just get too busy, right? We don't want to become human doings and just do things for the sake of it. God knows our capacities. Instead, he's asking us to be the kind of humans that reflect his image. God's image as an as a expression of compassionate welcome and love for all kinds of people, starting in our own homes. We belong to God, so we can create space for others to belong to. How might God be calling us as a church, Hope Covenant? What if we're the kind of church, and I do believe we are, who really welcome people in, creating the space where others belong, by saying, hey, come inside. You're welcome here. You belong here. Imagine if we gave God the keys to our front door of our church. What would that look like in our families, in our church? in our neighborhoods. And as we walk in truth that we belong to God, how wonderful that we get to belong that we get to offer belonging to others too. How cool that Jesus is inviting us into his mission, his vision. And God knows we're not capable of doing this on our own. And we really ought not be doing it on our own. It can conjure up all sorts of mishaps. So we need him. We need him and we need each other. We need to be following Jesus together. It's not in isolation. People of hope, isn't it true that sometimes we fall asleep to what God's up to when we get too comfortable? Let's wake up to what God's doing all around us. Everyone has the need to belong. What if we create the space for all to belong? in our homes, in our church, in our neighborhoods, in our school and work? What if we move beyond our comfort zones? What if we create the space where all people belong? As the Jesus parable showed us today, as we follow him, we make room for all kinds of people, people who are different than us and people who are vulnerable. Bands, will you come? I don't know about you, but it's really good news that we don't do this alone, right? But we get to follow Jesus together. I mean, doing things in isolation is, I mean, it's always more fun to do things with friends, right? So let's do this together. Let's not do it alone. Um, And as we belong to God, let's say yes to him and embody his love and create the space for others to belong to 
And as the music plays, oh, I'm a little early on that. That's okay. We won't play any music. Somber, somber, gentle mood still ensues. I want to pray. I want to pray this prayer together. I want to pray that prayer where we are giving God the keys. Are you ready? All right. Father, we'll say it together. Father, I give you the keys to my front door. My house is your home. Bring whoever you want, whenever you want, into my private space this week. Jesus, I relinquish my schedule to you. My hands are in your hands. Help me to welcome interruptions this week as gifts from you. Spirit, I surrender my possessions to you. All my stuff belongs to you. Help me this week to share with the Lord's people who are in need. Amen. Thank you. Can we thank Heidi for sharing this morning? Jim and I should go to seminary class all week more often. We had Anna last week, knocked it out of the park, Heidi today too. So, But friends, before we move into this closing song, there's a couple questions that we want to just take a couple minutes. Um, so as the, instru- as the instruments just play, for the next two minutes, let's give it two minutes before we then sing our closing song together, and then I'll dismiss us after that. But um, let's ask God to speak to us, and here's a couple questions that that uh, Heidi came up with for us to ponder just in this um, next two minutes. God, how are you inviting me to step out of my comfort zone this week and just listen for what he might prompt in you and say to you? And then the second question, God, who do you want me to welcome in and create a space where they can belong? So we just want to take two minutes for you and God, just ponder these questions and then we'll sing together.